Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. My guest is Oscar Lafarga, CTO and founder of SetDev. Yeah, let's uh, let's jump right in. What does uh, SetDev do? Yeah, so SetDev is one of the divisions of our company, SetOcean. You know, pretty much core of our business right now, and just technology consulting. Um, we do all kinds of different services for uh, local businesses, mostly. Basically, anything from product design to to consulting, business development, all the way through to software um, engineering testing, application maintenance to the whole stack. When somebody comes and asks, you know, I have an idea for an app, you know, we help people build their ideas and then make them into something tangible. Well, what what industries or what areas do you focus on? You said uh, you help someone build an app, um, kinds of apps, or, you know, what what's your focus? Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, obviously, we're, we're still a pretty young uh, startup. We, you know, started really full-time a little over two years ago. So, you know, starting out, you get whatever you can take. So we started with websites, mobile apps, you know, iOS, Android, custom technology solutions, like internal tools, uh, stuff like that. But uh, at this point, we definitely grown to a point where we can sort of start picking our projects the way that we, you know, the way it lines up with our passion. So we've definitely been in the cryptocurrency space um, looking for projects, you know, Bitcoin projects. We've done some with a Bitcoin ATM company down here. But we've also done, you know, home health agencies is one of our clients. We have, uh, we do, we also like to um, explore machine learning. Um, so, you know, all the, all the co- more cutting edge technologies, we definitely obviously prioritize those. Uh, so, you know, we work on computer vision app right now. So, pretty diverse set of industries that we're working with. Interesting. You know, let's talk a little bit about the AI and the computer vision companies. So, what's um, any interesting projects you're working on and any insights you've learned from working with these companies? Uh, yeah, I mean, so this one, the one project, we're actually, you know, days away from, from releasing it. I mean, it, it, it's out right now in beta. It basically is like a intelligent fashion feedback app. You, you know, take a picture and it'll tell you whether those colors go together, whether you should try on something different or... Um, whether that you know is, is too loose of a fit or too tight of a fit or whether it's cold outside you put on a jacket stuff like that that's been pretty cool to uh, sort of teach a, an app how to see yeah turning x and y values of just like raw data the pixel values into something meaningful in English language that somebody can take and, and make make sense of but yeah I think uh, the, the, there's a lot of people um, obviously everyone says oh it's the future it's a revolution distinction that I pretty interesting you know, programs in general um, are pretty intelligent. Like algorithms are already intelligent artificially. This learning component where you can actually build something, you know, observe what it's doing, and then it does something that you didn't intend it to do. So it learned how to do something else, explicitly telling it to. I think that's, you know, 
one of the coolest things about the about the field in general. So yeah, that's where the project kind of teach it how to uh, learn on its own. Any anything that you saw uh, AI systems do on their own that like really surprised you? I mean, not ours in particular, um, but some of the coolest stuff out there. Um, obviously, the you know big dogs. Google is uh, that teach. Uh, you know, program had a had a so basically like builds just the engine for, you know, the legs and arms and you know body sort of moving around in a physics sort of like a physics environment and then it, right. it just kind of like tries. It's all about trying. It's like it's, it's basically random guesses and like if you don't if if it's not in the right direction then it'll just correct itself and the next time around it'll you know do it a little bit better. So it's uh you know it, it was doing these random movements trying to run down a path and then slowly it got better and better at it. Uh, there's just this you know countless applications people are developing right now. Okay. And then what about um uh, blockchain and fintech companies? What uh, kind of projects are you working on there with them? So so the, the blockchain stuff's interesting because we've sort of as a team been really fascinated by the industry for a couple of years now. We went to a, a hackathon January 2016 and we built the concept we built was basically a way for people to walk into nearby bars or restaurants or you know stores and just by walking in they'd get a little a small amount of bitcoin so obviously the business model there is we just charge the store owner you know for that foot traffic for getting somebody into their store and then we'll take a portion of it turn it into a bitcoin and portion of the bitcoin and, and award the user with it that's also cool. our first uh, experiment into the bitcoin space and then since then we followed along Saw Ethereum come, you know, make its rise up, uh, and then ever since, you know, things started really blowing up in March or so. You know, we've just been trying to keep up with with everything, um, these ICOs, and like, there's a lot of a lot of misleading information out there. Honestly, it's a lot of hype, a lot of speculation. So it's me personally as like an engineer, as like a you know technical more on the technical side of things. Uh, I'm trying to break through all this and, and find like the real projects that are actually you know meaningful and aren't just trying to get rich quick. That's kind of what the space is looking like right now. Um, personally, I'm trying to get started on a, uh, a cryptocurrency that you know I say cryptocurrency loosely just because it's part of the industry, but Definitely a blockchain application for um, sort of keeping your elected officials accountable. So you kind of put down, you you put your coins up, you stake them up, and um, when that person gets elected, they don't receive that those, those those coins until six months after, where we take the approval rating, and if they pass the approval, then they get rewarded with those. So it's sort of like a crypto-economic system, definitely um, down at the technical level, but still a ways out, still in concept phase right now. Interesting. So you're going to also be working on projects yourself. Which, which yeah, of your uh, projects are you most interested in that you want to you know, take forward yourself? Well, so that's kind of what we do. Uh, the interesting part about what we do, we're sort of set ocean as the, you know, the main company, set dev is the you know, technology consulting where clients pay to get their uh, technologies built. And then we have SetLab, which is sort of our incubator side. Um, that is our, our own sort of passion projects that, you know, obviously have to get monetized on and they're cool to experiment with, but that doesn't pay the bills, you know? So, you know, we're, we're playing these two sides where, you know, we, we are, we're learning what we need to learn in order to build Bali software on the set dev side. And then we're taking those skills and, you know, working on the projects that we're most interested in on the SetLab side. At this very moment, we were... Um, working on a monetization model for a music streaming app that we've had for a couple of years out. It's been out for a few years now. Um, so this, you know, it could be our first uh, actually monetized project or product that's out. Uh, you know, a few hundred people use it every day. So I think there's some potential there. But beyond that, would probably just be the idea I was just mentioning. Um, the, uh, you know, keeping your elected officials accountable because we are sort of exploring the civil, the civic tech space a little bit, getting more involved in the local community and, you know, local government, stuff like that. So I've definitely been exploring that more recently. Um, and trying to push push forward more in that direction. And now, and in regards to your consulting, 
what's um what do you feel like you guys are best at in the stack? I mean, I know you can do everything, but what do you feel like you're particularly strong in? Well, we work with uh, a lot a lot with React. It's a Facebook's web framework that they've you know been maintaining and, and developing for a few years now. And um, the cool thing about that is that that's a website. You know, you can build websites with React, and then more recently they've released React Native, which is a way to sort of take the same type of framework so you can be very familiar with React and sort of pick up React Native pretty quickly. And then that fits out iPhone and Android apps with one code base. So you don't have to know, you know, Apple's developer language or Google's, you know, Java, the Android language independently. If you know React, you can kind of, you know, spin up a website and then carry that over into two mobile apps on both platforms. So it's pretty, pretty versatile to use. And so that's pretty much our specialty is, is React and, you know, knowing that framework and, and how to use it and build it. So I definitely say React is one of our strongest tools or, or skills that we've sort of picked up everybody here. But uh, yeah, I think I think more than that is just the fact that we've done so many projects. Um, we kind of have a standardized process. And not standardized, but it's a, it's a pretty good guide for like just building any project. So, you know, do you need to start by designing something? Do you have the wireframes? Um, do you have the business requirements? Do you even know what goal you're trying to achieve? Uh, are you ready for engineering? Are your tests ready to go? Do you know how you're going to be, how you're going to know whether or not you're done? Um, so like literally just the process of building an app is almost where our like you know our secret secret sauces and what we're trying to at least looking more at a high level is you know repeating these projects over and over a lot of the same stuff comes up so I think that the process itself is almost one of our strengths there when we do that. Um, what what do you guys have coming up for the next uh, six months or a year? Any new initiatives or uh, you know which direction do you want to take things in? You want to focus exclusively on blockchain companies or you're still going to keep it diverse? Uh, yeah, I think I mean six to six to twelve months. We've definitely so, so we, a couple months ago we did we moved we've upgraded um, into you know an actual office before we were you know the home startups um, you know all living together working together. So we recently got in this office here in Fort Lauderdale and you know, have a ton of room you know room to scale because we have more projects and we have people. So um, we're we're ramping up um, quite a bit. Um, six to twelve months we definitely we we want to stay stay here you know in the blockchain. Base and, and see what develops from there. We it's hard for me to say six to twelve. Six to twelve months. I know we're you know we're going to keep keep on the path that we're on. But you do I think just by nature of the technology industry have to stay flexible and adaptable. So I, I could say that we're going to have something planned in six to twelve months, but we have to be ready to switch on a dime. But we're definitely looking to you know check out where the blockchain industry is going to go, and I you know, have a, a few ideas of of that um but obviously every day different news comes out on on who's you know trying to do what uh and then computer vision just because i've been working on that product recently machine learning is just there's there's so many different types and forms that it comes in so many different applications that you can sort of implement it in that you know those those are the two main ones mixed reality is also in there the whole vr ar scene i i did i made like one app with that um like a little, you know, parody game, you know, Pokemon Go, where it kind of shows something up on your screen as you move your phone around. It's pretty fascinating right. too. Definitely want to stay on top of that industry and see where it goes. But uh, that's sort of our three three focuses right now: is machine learning, cryptocurrencies, blockchain, you know, AR, VR, mixed realities. Those are definitely going to stick around for quite a while. So anything that we, any project we can pick up in those three, probably going to be at the top of our priority list. What do you think are some of the weaknesses of these companies? Are they good? At- Promoting themselves, are they? Uh, what do they need? The blockchain companies for well, all of them. I, I would guess that they probably all need the same kind of thing, or unless you see different things for different ones. Yeah, I would try to generalize it a little bit. You know, everybody you know comes up with ideas, and not a lot of not a lot of people think that they think they don't have the technical skills to sort of execute on it. 
And I mean, we started out without knowing the technical skill and sort of just picked it up and learned along the way going forward. So I definitely think that um, software literacy in general is something that everybody, all these clients are missing because otherwise they'd be building it themselves. If they knew how to code it, they knew how to build it. You know, maybe they don't know how to do everything, but the little bits and pieces that they can, I always try to encourage them to learn and pick up on it so that you, but I think that the overarching theme there is software literacy. You don't necessarily know how to, need to know how to code, but you kind of need to know how, you know, a program works to some extent, have some familiarity with what's going on. Just so if you do find a coder who can get it done for you, you can actually communicate with them properly. That's another really big thing is I have to take these ideas that people have in their heads and put them you know, in actual writing and then in actual code. But that process, that communication process, you know, it's like, okay, wait, what do you mean you want it to do this? What happens if, you know, it does this instead? Is that still okay? And then they, you know, put themselves through that thought process because, you know, these technical details are how actually these things get built. So definitely, you know, software literacy. That's the thing I think everyone should be, no matter what industry you're in, is working on improving your software literacy programming language if you don't want to do that. At least start learning the concepts that are common to all these programming languages. There's tons of resources online, free resources that are, you know, allowing people to sort of pick this stuff up. And I think that's just going to be uh, what people need to do to stay on top of this this automation wave, making everything every industry best. What about um, some of the crypto companies that have done ICOs? Do you work with them before their ICO, after the ICO? Does bringing in all this money cause them to make bad decisions? You think? I mean, what's your read there? Yeah, I mean, we've, we've been approached by a couple companies, you know, an altcoin out there called NXP, and then another one is the SF startup that just kind of had, we had one call with, and the NXP guys, uh, we're, we're kind of still going back and forth, and, but, but uh, this other company is really, really sketchy just because, you know, they offered to pay us in the coin that they hadn't built yet. It's like, wait, we're not going to work for, you're basically, I mean, it's basically like equity. That's what I see these companies. All these ICOs, they're, they're just you know, equity, like they're raising equity in the form of tokens. Um, you know, if you do, if you do all your regulatory homework, then like there are some legitimate ones out there that building a platform that use a token that actually, you know, is for a specific purpose, which is, which is great. And you can build a business around that. No problem. Um, I do think the problem, you know, when to raise money for your project and then suddenly realize that, you know, the market value of your token suddenly skyrockets and then you have millions. And so, you know, you would think, you would hope that these developers have a motivation beyond just money, but if they don't, then what's really going to motivate them to get their project? So it's almost mm-hmm. like, oh, you raised millions and millions of dollars build this project. Are you still, you know, going to be as driven as you were before you had the money? Or is that just going to kind of work, work as your safety net and like you're just not going to push yourself as hard to, to achieve what you set out to do? So, um, yeah, I think it's pretty pretty dangerous, pretty uh, questionable with some of these companies are trying to get, especially because, you know, like I said, there's a lot of just BS out there. A company's trying to do something that's either not possible or not more efficient to do. There's already competition with what they're trying to do. They're trying to decentralize everything, not necessarily all applications need to be decentralized. There's a whole discussion there about it. And yeah, lots of, lots of just speculation rampantly everywhere. You, any good resources or research on companies that you would you'd say you can point people to? So they could find out the good from the bad. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't not off the top of my head, uh, but I can recommend uh, a few of the key things to just go looking for. If somebody says, "Hey, you know, check out this new coin," um, how do you really assess the legitimacy of that coin? One of the things I do right off the bat is, you know, check out their website. They obviously, you know, if they're if they're anything worth their salt, they should have a legitimate website. Find out who their team is. If their team is, you know, anonymous, if they're just using screen names, that's your first red flag. It's just like, wow, these people mm. sort of own up to who they are. You know, not necessarily saying that everybody, all these projects need to be open source. If they're claiming that they're a blockchain 
company. Like it's got to be open source. Like decentralization doesn't really work unless you have you know that openness, that transparency. So you look at the source, even if you don't know how to read code, yet you just find the code repository and make sure that there's something written because <laughs> I've seen companies that just, they post the link to their GitHub repo. And then when you click on that, right. it's just an empty project. There's nothing in there. And they just made it like a week ago. You can just look for right off the bat. And then once you go, you know, once all those boxes start getting checked, you just go through the white paper and uh, see if you can make a good technical assessment on whether or not their project is worth backing or, or boring or supporting. There are some cool ones out there. There definitely are. Um, any other signs? Yeah, you know, I didn't, didn't mean to turn this into a, an evaluation, but uh, no, 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 any no. other signs that you would you would give to, you know, the people so they can gauge whether a company really is, uh, you know, has a chance of doing well or not? Yeah, um, you know, if the uh, token sales, if they're doing a token sale, you know, that that is a flat. Like I said, if they did their regulatory homework, you know, they they may have something there. So you basically just got to figure out whether or not they're a security. Not the SEC made that announcement that you know some of these tokens are, you know, they. They will be treated as securities, and they would need to be registered with the SEC in order to be legitimate. But there are some tokens that are not considered securities just by the nature of how you purchase them and use them. So that, so that gets a little bit more complicated. But if you can figure out, if you can find a, a page, an FAQ page somewhere that sort of details, hey, you know, we're doing an ICO, but we're aware that the SEC has made some announcements on this. We address what these concerns might be. So the, the, the proactiveness there of the company or the, you know, the, the coin um, to, uh, you know, assure people that, that they're following the rules and they're actually trying to do something worth taking out. Uh, good to see those kinds of questions answered right on the website. All right, so last, last couple of questions. How do people get in touch with uh, SetDev and, you know, if they have a need in their business and they want to work with you guys and how much budget does someone need to have, mm-hmm. you have, you know, offers for all budgets or you know what's the sweet spot for you yeah i mean definitely they they can check out our our website we just launched a, a new version of it um so it's pretty up to date on the latest projects most proud of but yeah i mean from there basically you know our standard process is reach out to us you know give us a call send us an email uh we'll do an intro sort of you know consultation on on what you're trying to do um it's definitely definitely a little bit different than trying to just go find a programmer online or find some graphic designer online and like get their hourly rate. It's it's definitely a uh, more comprehensive package. So we go from the ground up, and we want to know exactly what your goals are and, and how you plan to succeed um, from a business model perspective. And then going into design, and then do all like sort of like the psychoanalysis of everything. So it is definitely um, you know pricier than just going to find an individual programmer that you just tell what to do and he does it for you. Um, but in general, generally speaking, if you want you know. An iOS app and a mobile app share a backend. We should be budgeting upwards of you know twenty thirty grand, um, and you know websites are probably about half that. So yeah, it all depends on 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 how many features and what you're trying to do. I can never really. I feel a little bit a little bit irresponsible for me to just throw numbers out there like that, but that's at least as much as if you're trying to do a serious. If you're trying to actually make a serious business out of your idea, and you know you're not just testing it out or, or just like trying to learn if you're trying to experiment with it just do it on yourself like by yourself but if you're actually ready if you're, if you're at the point where you know you you want to you know go all the way with this and, and start getting serious um that's sort of the clients we like to take on more looking toward the long term rather than just one-off projects but uh yeah i mean we will get creative we will we're, we're open to any ideas that people might have and we'll do the consultation at the beginning and we'll at least point you in the right direction 
even if it, you know it doesn't, we don't end up doing business together, we'll, we'll at least tell you what you need to do before we would. So yeah, that's it. That, that's all I owe. All right. Well, very good, Oscar. Thank you for coming, and I appreciate your time coming on the podcast. The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post to review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. 